0: Hello, everyone. My name is Diego. I'm an alcoholic. Great to, great to be here. Great to, to be asked to, to participate. Um, you know, when I got here, I was pretty beaten up. Um, I think I had something like $12 to my name. Uh, you know, doing laundry was a business decision, right? Am I going to do laundry? Am I going to eat? Um, you know, um, my parents didn't want anything to do with me. My world had shrunk so small um, and lost countless friends. Um, And no one wanted anything to do with me. Um, And my world was really small and I was lonely and depressed and anxious and I I couldn't handle life. Um, And, you know, no matter, I think, no matter, it goes for a lot of people, like no matter how bad it is on the outside when we come in here. I think it's always worse on the inside, right? And that, that's how it was for me, you know. On the inside, I was experiencing the worst mental hellish, hellish torture I've ever experienced in my life. Um, and it was unbearable, and it was to the point where, you know, I, I wanted to find an easy way out. Um, but, you know, literally, thank God, I, I didn't go that route. And so, and it still baffles me to this day to to think of how I ended up here, the journey, and how it worked so well. It worked so well. You know, I started in a, in high school. I played football, and I guess I was introduced to to this this world of addiction in the form of pain pills. And you know, I played football and had a lot of. Uh, surgeries um you know hand knee and so you know eventually i was taking a lot of pain medication eventually i saw myself just taking it for fun you know and that was kind of the first time that that uh, everyone really saw kind of the symptoms uh, of you know my future addiction and 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 it gave me something that i never really had right my skin didn't fit quite right i didn't feel that i was you know, adequate and, and I was full of, of self-centered fear, right? I cared what you thought about me. If you were thinking about me, what you were saying about me, you know, what, if this doesn't happen, I'm not going to get what I want. Right. And that surrounded my life. And, uh, and it was almost like this weight that, that weighted a thousand pounds that I was walking around with every single day. And so the easiest fix for me was, was just to pop a couple pills or, or take a few drinks, and with that, I was able to to uh, to kind of live this life where I was able to put on a different hat in so many different situations to the point where I could convince almost every single person, no matter you know their background or, or you know who they were, or what they did, I could convince them that I'm like them. And they will like me for that, right? And, you know, I was part-time business, like business, whatever, like, um, you know, part-time Rico Suave. I was an athlete. I was good in school, right? So I was a nerd. I hung out with with smart people. And, and I was good with, with older folks, with parents, right? So I blended really well with everyone, you know? And, and all these different hats that I wore... I probably should have won an Oscar for, for my acting job over those years. Right. Um, and it got to the point where that in itself became a full-time job, right. Making you think that I was okay. That was my full-time job. And that was my experience all throughout, throughout, uh, throughout uh, city college. I had two DUIs when I, by the time I was 18 and I was still in high school. Right. So that was a running joke. Diego, don't get another DUI. And, you know, I laughed at it at the time. I thought it was, you know, what kids do, right? It happens. It, it comes and it goes and it, whatever. But the fact is, it never really left, you know? And uh, so I went to Santa Barbara City College and I, I, I uh, transferred to, to UC Berkeley. And, I, you know, I, I did well at, at City College and I transferred to Berkeley. But during that time, I used all those external successes and achievements to get validation, right? Yeah, and I still carried that, you know, that mental and emotional pain and suffering of that feeling of inadequacy, anxiety. And uh, and the way I describe it is I had an incredible drive and self-will. And I think a lot of us do have that. The only thing I was lacking was purpose. And so for all for all I knew I was a a loose cannon and I was dangerous to the people around me and to myself. And so eventually my drinking progressed to, to where I was towards the end, right? I I would drink, you know, morning, noon and night just to feel normal. And it stopped working. Um, And, and it stopped working and, and I began to see the signs of, you would think that, you know, when someone has a seizure in the library at school while trying to study for an exam, you know, maybe that's a red flag, right? Okay. You know, no one drank too much wine when I decided to go to rehab. You know what I mean? Like you would think you would, you know, you think some sense would, would, would come, but it, it never did until I was beaten up so, so badly that you know, I was I would be taking a drink or a swig because at the end it took me about you know half a fifth just to get up out of bed and, and to take a shower. Right, half a fifth, a couple beers, and uh, and it got to the point where I'd be it'd be taking a swig and and I knew it was killing me, but I was okay with it. Kind of this passive suicide, you know, because I couldn't live like this any longer. And so eventually what happened is, you know, through those treatment programs, I went to, it's called Five Bath here in Santa Barbara. It's a detox, you know, lockdown psychiatric unit. Went there five times and eventually um, I was introduced to to the program. And, uh, you know, I knew it was there, um, but I didn't think it could work for me. You know, I was too smart for that. Um, I just needed to know, you know, the tricks, the nuances, what my triggers are, avoid that and, and just be smart about it. Right. And I, I did all those things it talks about and more about alcoholism. And finally I gave it a shot. I was in Santa Barbara and I remember distinctly it was October, October 16th, 2020. Um, I got up and I was, I was trying to stop drinking and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I got up and I remember I was trying like hell not to have another seizure. And, and somehow I got myself in, in the chair at my desk and, you know, anyone that's detox knows kind of that mental fog, torture, you know, everything's going haywire. And I, I, by the grace of God, I got to a zoom meeting here in Santa Barbara, it's called men without legs. And I asked for help. I, I put it out in the chat. I was like, Hey guys, I need a sponsor. Is anyone willing to sponsor me? And those were like the longest two minutes of my life, waiting for a response. And I still, I still resent those guys. I still tell them, you know, um, you know, what the hell, you left me hanging for those two minutes. Um, but thank, you minutes. I met some, Thank you. Thank that that I met someone that had a working knowledge of uh, of the book and himself. And uh, it took me some trial and error. I worked the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. I had a spiritual experience. It was during the ninth step. I was driving around, doing, making amends, and I called my buddy, and I was like, hey, man, like, what's going on? I'm doing all this shit, but I'm not feeling anything. What's up, dude? He's like, your spiritual experience right there? You're going around doing something that you don't want to do because it's the right. And then... And so that's what it took for me. It took it took me relapsing and knowing that there was something greater on the other side. That this does work, and I had to come back, and and rebuild a, a new faith with my higher power and this program and, and with my sponsor. And so my new sobriety date is Ju- uh, June 27 thousand twenty one. I have a sponsor. His name is Darren, and I have a home group. It's a junkyard dogs here in Santa Barbara, and I now it's it's the only way to to really give it justice is my life now has uh, has value and purpose no one can help an alcoholic like another alcoholic and my purpose no matter what you know no matter what what job i have whether i have a nice car or, or a beautiful girlfriend or 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 all those external factors no matter what i have a purpose in life today when i get a get up out of bed and and that's to to stay sober and help another alcoholic achieve sobriety and with that my heart is full and it remains that that way every single day and uh i don't know how else to describe it but uh an absolute miracle and uh and i thank god for that and i thank all of you for being here tonight thank you
1: hi my name is rachel Suarez, i'm an alcoholic um is my wi-fi okay Okay, good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little nervous, Diego. Thank you for your chair. Um, that was awesome. That was really awesome. You, you, you just hit a lot of. Um, you hit a lot of it on the head. Yeah, I don't know why I'm nervous, to share. Um, haven't done a 40 minute meeting in a while. Maybe because I'm on Zoom. Who knows? Um, yeah, I don't even know. Uh, you know. Um, welcome to all the newcomers that's here. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, getting sober, um, has been, is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And staying sober is just as hard, you know, like, um, I've had experience with like getting sober and, um, and, and working my own program. And, you know, that, that just gets me drunk every time, you know, um, I, you know, today uh, my sobriety date is October twenty fourth, two thousand eighteen. Um, you know, like uh, today, everything I have in my life um, is because of AA. Any uh, everything I have, there's nothing. There's nothing in my life I have today that I haven't gotten I, from that is not that has not been given given to me as a direct result from doing the 12 steps of alcoholics anonymous, you know, um, I don't even know where to begin. I guess I'm just going to kind of go all over the place. Um, you know, uh, it was kind of funny cause Diego, he was saying how he, um, how he's a server too and how people at his work are alcoholics. And it's like, uh, you know, it's just funny how God works um, or how my higher power works, you know? Um, I I don't know where to begin. I don't, I, I think I'm going to qualify myself first and just talk about. I'm just going to start from the beginning. You know, um, I I believe my alcoholism started from the very beginning. You know, it started when I was born. You know, I, I believe I was born with alcoholism, um, and and all that happened was when I took my first drink. That's just that's just when that's just when it that's that's just when my solution was. That's just when I clicked with my solution, and that allowed me you know to be free and to be present and 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 it's funny because i joke now because it's like when i would be drinking or on drugs people would think i was cool but when i was sober people would be like what's wrong with you and it's just because it's like i it was just such my solution you know um so what you know none of my circumstances um make me an alcoholic you know um But as a young age, I just, it was just really hard for me to be present. You know, I, um, I was adopted and, um, you know, none of my circumstances make me an alcoholic. I, Kind of like what Diego said, I think that if I I was, if I, if my birth mom would have had me and, and I would be connected with my ethnicity and my race, I would be okay. Or if I would have married this guy, then, you know, maybe I would be okay. Or I, I just always continuously think that if someone, if life would have lined up a certain way, I somehow would have been able to jump through some hoops and be normal like everybody else or jump through some hoops and drink like everybody else. And that is just not, you know, I just, um, I don't believe that anymore. You know, Um, today I believe that everything happens for a reason. Um, You know, even the bad things, um, you know, what I get from AA today is like, you know, I don't have to drink anymore. Like I don't have to drink over my car being towed. I don't have to drink over, you know, any type of pain. And I've never, I've never had that type of ability. I've always needed to drink for any reason. And, um, and so what ended up happening, happening to me was, um, you know, I was always just off as a kid. I just, you know, my, my parents were different race than me and they never knew it was wrong with me, but they knew something was off. I was always super hyper. I, I could never sit still in class. I never knew what was going on. They thought I was like super slow because I just, I could not be present. I could not be present in school. Um, and the only thing I could do, which was my escape, was sports. I was really, really good at sports and I knew what to do on the court. And that was the only thing I really knew how to do my whole life was just play volleyball and basketball. That's it. Um, And so what ended up happening for me was, you know, I took my first drink at age 13 and everything changed immediately. I, you know, I drank alcoholically from the first time I took my first drink, you know, and before that it was sugar. It was obsessing over guys. It was, um, it was just, I just, I have this, this, this soul malady that constantly needs to be filled with something. I'm so Super uncomfortable I'm super not I am not fit for life I, it doesn't matter where I came from it doesn't matter if I was with my parents or I was adopted I my perception is off it's different I am just not fit for life so you give me my first drink at age 13 and I, and I was super sheltered went to catholic schools you know, till eighth grade, but I had such bad grades. Like no, no Catholic school want me for high school. It was pretty funny, but, um, you know, and, uh, and when I f- took that first drink, everything changed, you know, and, and immediately what ended up happening was I started, actually, can you give me a warning when there's 10 minutes left? <laughs> Just to make sure I don't go too deep in the and long. Um, what ended up happening was, um, right when I took my first drink, Right when I took my first drink, um, first of all, I didn't know I was surrendering everything over to alcohol. I didn't know that that was my first step of surrender to alcohol and drugs. I didn't know that my first drink was going to mean I was going to have absolutely no breaks, you know, until I almost died. I, I didn't know that. And you know what? If I didn't knew that just for what alcohol does for me, it probably wouldn't have stopped me. Um, I needed I needed alcohol. I needed it to get get me through life. I needed it to make me okay. I needed it. It, it was my solution. I drank through everything. I drank through my dad, having multiple heart attacks freshman year, you know, and um, and I was really hard on the family. And um, I used it as an excuse to have parties at my house, you know, have a bunch of sex, just have guys over like, like, um, It was just all about me, you know, and it just it it never mattered how much anybody loved me it never mattered who I hurt. I mean, um, I just, I couldn't see past myself and and, and my drugs and alcohol. And, um, what ended up happening was it was just, it was just a constant, I constantly had to feed my body. Um, and I did, you know, and I I got into really hardcore substance for a really long time, like over a decade. Um, but just like Diego was saying, like I had these characters, these stage characters, you know, I, I was, when I drank, I felt like I could be anybody. I felt like I Puerto Rican and black, I could be white and black, I could be uh, you know, Italian and black and wear fake contact. Like I I was whoever anyone needed me to be, you know, and and I I, you know and I, I cared what everybody thought about me. And um and um yeah, it just you know it began. Um so what ended up happening, you know, which I think what happens with a lot of us, or I don't know what ended up happening for me is um is uh is I I lost everything like this. Like, it was just like, boom, like, my life gone. Like, just gone. Like, uh, just demoralization. And I'm talking like, like, like... And I, I'm going to share some of the things I'm not proud to share. Because I think it's important for the newcomer. Because sometimes they they see me. And I might, like, look like I have this put together. This is not my house. It's my aunt's house. <laughs> um, and, 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 and it's like, no. Like, I got multiple abortions. Because I was so selfish that alcohol and drugs had to come first. And I was did not want to raise a baby I didn't want to stay with any of the guys that were my boyfriends at the time or at least two of them were and I was like no I'm not staying with you the rest of my life and I didn't want to ruin my body you know or or, so I was too selfish to have kids you know you know I was getting like STDs I was going to the clinic I was you know I was getting beat up I was wandering around downtown like it was not you know it was not like a it was not pretty but just it, it like I was so willing to hit bottom after bottom after bottom and be okay with it you know, and, and that's just what my drinking looked like, you know, volleyball dreams. I got all league. I played varsity volleyball four years, you know, screw, I stayed up all night, went to a game, a championship game where they're going to be recruiters lost that opportunity. You know, my friends like go try out for the Raiderettes. I know the coach, I was too scared to do anything because deep down, I was a, a real alcoholic with a huge drug problem and I had to hide that from everyone. And and so I couldn't, I just, I never did anything. I just, you know, my mom spoiled the shit out of me. That's the only reason why I'm even, she, she did me, she dug me out of every hole, but it's like, I want to take the credit. Like I did nothing. She, she paid for, she helped me pay for almost all my DUIs. I have three DUIs, you know? And, um, and so what ended up happening was I woke up in my thirties and, um, I had nothing to show for my life. Um, You know, somehow I got off the hardcore substances, um, you know, uh, and what ended up happening for me was... um you know, my third UI got me into the rooms, but I had a sponsor that, that, that sponsored me and she told me to do the third step prayer. And I looked at that prayer and I'm in, in in the rooms because of court. And I looked at the prayer and the prayer said, Thy will be done. And I was just like, No, I, thy will be done. I'm not doing God's will. I'm doing like, No, I'm not going to be able to live the life I'm going to want to live. I'm going to have to be perfect, goody two shoes. I don't want that, you know, and I didn't want that. I wanted to, I, 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 I love, Violent Rachel. I love rowdy Rachel. I love, you know, I love this, this, this stage character that I created in in my drinking and to, for her to go away is for parts of me to die. (laughs) But what I didn't realize is that that's my ego. And in order me to, in order for me to stay sober, that has to die. And so, you know, and, and, you know, the, you know, my sponsor talks about this often in the big book, like God, for me to be of service to AA, God had to reduce me to nothing. And, um, and that's what ended up happening, man. I I woke up in my thirties. I was like 60, 30, 40 pounds overweight. I was huge. I was, um, unrecognizable. Um, you know, and I, I decided to come into the rooms on my own. Um, and you know, my mom, you know, I put hands on her. She gone the way of me using. She's like this little lady that adopted me out of foster care. And she gone the way of me using. And, you know, she got hurt. And um, and um, and so what happened was uh, she was sitting on the couch. And the Warriors game was on. And I was drunk again. And I was just like, God, I'm tired of just... I, I was just tired, you know. And um, and I tried to go to AA on my own. And um, I just kept failing. I, I, I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't taking it seriously. Um, And what ended up happening was I found a letter that my birth mom had written me and it said, it was crazy. Like my mom found it. I was age 32. And at this point I'm age 32. And the more alcohol and drugs I'm putting in my body, it's like Diego said, it was It was a torture. It was killing me. It was killing me. And I was worried that I was going to slip so far that I wasn't going to be able to make it back anywhere. I was worried that if I kept going like that, I was going to get so gone that there was no coming back. And um, I was dying. I was internally dying. Alcohol was not setting me free anymore. It was was killing me. It was killing me. And um, it was painful. And I was scared. I didn't know how to... I didn't know... I don't know. I was so lost. I was like, I didn't know how to stop drinking and I didn't know how the hell I was going to get sober or do AA. I was terrified. Um, so I found a letter that my birth mom wrote me and, um, it basically said, um, that she loved me and she grew up in the gutter and she just wanted something to work out. And, you know, she was kind of pressured into this adoption. So me being a circumstantial person, I think if I find this woman that I feel like I feel her inside me and stuff, like I, you know, like, I don't know, it's weird. If I find her, then then I'll be whole. Like, that's it. I'm just missing my family. And so I go to find her and I found out she killed herself. I'm at age 32. And I was age 32. And that gave me a little moment of clarity of like, you're probably not going to make it, you know? And, um, and then what happened was I lost my mind in AA, you know, I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't in action. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't taking direction. I was a, I was visiting AA, you know, I can be in AA and not be being a member, you know, and that's what I did. And as a result, I lost my mind. I lost my mind. As that's what I mean, it says it, you know, um, jails, institutions, and deaths. So I'd been to jails. Next was hospitals. Um, so I, what happened was I, I lost my mind. I did some crazy stunt because I think I'm invincible and athletic. And I put a ladder on top of a dumpster and climbed up this thing trying to get into a window. And I was all concoct all the way super high up and the ladder tilted and I was either gonna get tangled up, hit the dumpster fall on my neck or my back or jump straight down. I jumped straight down and took out my heel. And then my lovely boyfriend at the time was just like stupid idiot. And um he wouldn't even take me to the hospital. And and I went to the hospital and 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 the doctor was like, you're never gonna be the same. Your athleticism is out the window. Your waitressing is out the window. You can't drive you can't work you can never recover from this. I was like, fix it. It's broken. Like, I was so used to being fixed. Like, DUI, fix me. Oh, um, you know, clinic, fix me. Everything just fixed me. And then I get fixed and I go on my way. Well, they were like, no. This is a serious injury. Some people never recover. You could have a limp for the rest of your life. You could be a different height. And it scared the crap out of me. It just it just scared the crap out of me. And some lady had seen me go in and out of AA. And, and she said, honey, 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 this is your higher power, doing for you what you can't do for yourself. And for whatever reason, like that just was, it just, it just, it just clicked that, that when I put alcohol in my body, I have no control over what's going to happen. And, 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 you know, for once I always talk about, I had like this little voice, this little feeling inside me that was like, I have been surrendering to drugs, to alcohol, to everything, everything, to treating just everything. I've I've hurt anybody that loves me. Um, And, and it was like, you're not going to fight for your life. You're just going to. Like, that's it. You're done. And, and something to me was like, okay, okay. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. And that was my step one, you know, and I came in and I, and I, I did whatever it took, you know, I, I did my steps. I did my four step. I wrote everything out. Um, I didn't hold anything back. And, um, so step one, I admitted I was, I was an alcoholic. And once I like, it's like, it was, it, it's just like, I don't know. It's just so hard to ask for help. It's it's still hard for me. My sponsor is Paco Deeds and he has 31 years of sobriety and he has helped so many people. And still today, it's like, it's hard for me to call him and ask him for help. It's because sometimes I don't want to hear the truth. You know, I just want to, I just want to, I just want a little patch up and then to go on my way. And that's just, I don't get to stay sober if I just, you know, if I don't completely remember that I have to continuously, like, surrender. And so, yeah, so I, you know, step two is all I had to know. I didn't have to believe in a God or a this or a that. I just had to believe in something greater than Rachel. Because a broken computer can't fix a broken computer. I, I had to believe in anything greater than me but see when i'm playing god and i'm not getting a sponsor and i'm just coming to meetings i'm just doing the bare minimum. i still think i can fix me but when i surrender and i and i was like all right where's let me get a sponsor let me do the steps and i did did the third step prayer and i gave everything over god and i said god take it like take it i'm I'm gonna kill myself and i don't want to die you know and um And, and then I began my fourth step, you know, and it was the hardest thing at that time. It was the hardest, it was the hardest thing I ever had to do. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do. I had to write down and I, and I didn't hold anything back. I wrote down everything, everything, everything. I mean, everything. And, and I shared it with another woman and, um, it was really long. And then after that, like for the first time in my life, like I was actually okay, It was, it was insane. And I was actually had a little bit, I I just felt okay. I just felt okay. You know, and, and the truth of the matter is my whole life ever since I was born, like I never felt okay. That's why I took my first drink. It was my solution. It made me feel okay. No matter what. And I'll be done at night. Oh, my keys. Oh, they should be in my purse. Are they not in my purse? It's the white, it's the white uh, Michael Kors purse. I'm sorry. (laughs) I double parked them at my family's um dinner. Um I hope they find it. Um well, god willing. Okay, so what ended up happening was um was when I yeah, so when I was able to do that step, that was like the very first time. Sorry. That was the very first time that um my bad, sorry. That was the very, very first time that I was I was actually able to like okay and if it wasn't if it wasn't for doing my four-step and if it wasn't for writing all those things out I wouldn't be sober like um I don't know that was the first time that I really knew that this program worked and it was the first time that I was calm and okay and that was the first time that I was ever calm and okay without a drink you know and so, what ended up happening was, um, was it was like a woman's thing uh, program, and and it was nice, but it wasn't quite. It was it, it I needed a sponsor that was in that was it was AA guided, but it wasn't exactly like I don't know. They did it out of the big book, but it was it was just like a woman's thing. So what happened was, you graduated, right? So I graduated this program. I did this amazing four step, but it couldn't be duplicated, like it was, it was a bunch of women. So I, I graduate, I made one amends, and then I, I had no idea what to do. I had no idea how to stay sober. So what ended up happening luckily for me was I, I was able to, um, go to a meeting and that's where I met the sponsor. And that's this sponsor showed me how to work one-on-one with the alcoholic and do the steps out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and that doing that with this sponsor is what has allowed me to stay um, um, stay sober in AA. So basically, um, what ended up happening was, um, um, I actually got to start to learn how to be a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and experience AA. And, you know, it, it he was like, all right, you're starting another four step. And I was like, but I just did and He's like, no, you're starting another four step out of the big book. So I didn't really have a choice, but it was just like, I just wanted to learn how to stay, you know, and, and graduating in a program and all that stuff is great but it's not going to keep me sober. I didn't know how to sponsor and I couldn't duplicate what, what, what that, that large group of women did. So what ended up happening, um, you know, was I started working with him. His name's Jojo LeBray, and that man absolutely saved my life. You know, um, I just want to talk about like, um, um, I just kind of want to talk about where I'm at now and then I'll kind of wrap, wrap into everything else. Like like my higher power. So I did, I completed the steps with Jojo um, twice. Um, so I did it out of the big book and, um, and I've been able to stay since, but I want to just talk about like where I'm at now. You know, I'm finishing up another four step with my sponsor and um, um, I just can't tell you, like, I just can't tell you what AA has done for me. Like some of the things is I've reunited with my birth family. Um, I just want to talk about today. Um, so, for me, what what it means to be an alcoholic is, um, I don't, I don't like all of a sudden do these steps and I'm all all of a sudden perfect. I don't like do these steps. And all of a sudden I know how to live. I I absolutely have to try to use these principles in all my affairs. And what ended up happening today at work was I'm a waitress and, um, I had gotten this one, righteous waitress had taken one of my tables, like, I don't know, I think it was last week or something. She took one of my tables. I got super catty and scornful with her and was, and I owed her an amends, you know, and um, I didn't want to make that amends to her, but I, I owed her an amends. I was quietly scornful and it didn't matter whether she deserved it or not. And so, you know, I, I went on up to her yesterday and I was just like, Hey, you know, just to, just to like, and like, yeah, just to let you know, like I'm sober a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, And, um, and in order to stay sober, I have to admit when I'm wrong. And if I don't admit when I'm wrong and try to make it right, I could drink again. And I was like, it was wrong of me. You, you have done nothing, but she's done nothing, but like taken shifts for me. You have helped me. And and I got super, you know, um, I don't remember what I said, but I was just like, it was wrong of me to just be like rude and catty with you when you were just trying to help me. And I appreciate everything you've done for me. And she teared up, I teared up it was super powerful. And then, um, and, and, and it was just, it was just crazy. So today she comes up to me and, and she talks to me about AA and she says that she, she needs help. And she's, she, she, um, you know, and it's just like, we were getting teary eyed and I got, and, and, you know, everyone at my work knows I'm an alcoholic, you know, and, um, and, you know, because it's, it's my sponsor said, you know, someone broke their anonymity anonymity, um, in a public setting. And because of that, um, his mom was able to give the number to who's my, um, to, um, give the guy's number to my sponsor and that guy saved his life. So if that guy wouldn't have broke his anonymity at work and said, he's an alcoholic, my sponsor may not have gotten sober. So, um, so, you know, I tell people I'm an alcoholic so I can practice, you know, if my main purpose is to be an alcoholic, I have to try, at least try to practice in all my affairs. And I never really understood why I did that. I mean, I work with a lot of food, there's alcohol in a lot of the food, but like today when she came up to me and was like crying and I w- and I just took, and she's like, I don't like the God concept. And I got to explain to her, it's not about God. It's about you not fixing yourself. And I got to actually be of service to her. Like that finally made sense. Um, another thing that happened was, you know I've made a lot of like amends like towards like my boyfriend and my mom and all these people but recently I've been like I need to make some more amends to this one specific girl because I used to bring around a lot of my older friends and like we'd get drunk and do what I like to do but I guess I didn't like to do what I like to do and I owed her an amends and um and I was like I wonder what I'm gonna see at my restaurant and she came into my restaurant today and I was like, "What? Like I just... It, it was just insane." And I, and she... And you know, I got to get her number, and I owe her a huge amends. And um, you know, like I don't know. It's just, it's just when I, if I seek my higher power, um, I will. You know, um, he shows up. I just... I mean, it's just. AA for me is, is, is just about doing what I don't want to do. You know, um, it's very easy for me to be in my home group and like follow their coat, their, their, their little coattails, you know, every, my home group is thumpers in Redwood city and they do a lot of service. You know, I recently um, got to go into Solidad prison and do a 12 stop workshop with the inmates um, like three Sundays ago. And we were there for 12 hours. And um. And, you know, it's just like, I don't know, <laughs> AA is just giving me like this life where the more I'm of service. 10 oh. minutes. Okay, 10 minutes. Okay, cool. I'm going to, all right, 10 minutes. Let me... Um, yeah, just the more of a, I'm of service, the more I actually get to experience AA. And so, you know, I got to go into solid ad and, and, and like talk with these inmates and you know, speak at the Spanish or sit at the Spanish speaking table. They needed someone to volunteer and sit with all of them. Um, While we went over a 12 step workshop and, and there's, it's just crazy. You get to see people who are in prison, like for life, for life. And they're free. They're free of their own mind. And it's like, they're free and it's just, and, and, and there's alcohol, there's drugs in prison and just seeing them help each other and then being able to like participate in something like that. And not only that, but like be able to participate in something like where I'm seeing, I'm just seeing a whole other side of life that not a lot of people get experience or see. And as a direct result of, of being of service. And that's what I've gotten from AA is like, the more I'm of service, the more I'm vulnerable, the more I'm I'm talking to an alcoholic at work, the more I'm like, you know, just, I don't know who, whatever it is, whatever action it is that AA gives me, it gives me this perspective um, that is like, it's like something, I don't know, it's it's hard to describe, you know, it's just like, it just right sizes me. And, um, you know, my sponsor talks about like, in order for me to stay in AA, I have to change, you know, I, my perspective has to change and, you know, I'm just so used to being, um, just all about me that it's like, it's for me to be of service is how I get out of my head today. You know? Um, i've had multiple spiritual experiences moments where i am um you know just like feeling the presence of a higher power or like i woke up with 90 days of sobriety with the whole room was filled with light and like i was in heaven and i felt euphoria and it was like crazy and i knew i was in the right place and i realized that's where my dad went when he died and it was freaking amazing but i still I still almost drank like after when I had nightfall, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's nice to have these spiritual experiences, but my sponsor says when you complete the 12 steps you and like when you do these things you can actually have a spiritual awakening and 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 he said that the a spiritual awakening is like being a fish and then realizing you're a fish and you're surrounded by water and he just is tries to remind me that god is everywhere right here right now god is in the bad situations god is in god is in you know god was in every situation and and, and i forget i it's like it's like, I so badly want to be sober, but then if I have a bad day or like my boyfriend right now, who I'm in love with is struggling with sobriety. I don't know if he's going to stay. And I had to say, okay, we're done. You know, we're done. Go, go get done. You know, I'm not going to, you know, and that was extremely, you know, painful. And, um, but it's like, It's just AA has given me a solution so that when I'm in pain or, um, when I'm under pressure, I don't have to drink, you know? Um, it's just by far the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Um, I think just like the last thing, I know I'm kind of running out of things to say. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to talk about. Um, I think the hardest thing for me or just, I think the biggest thing for me right now, like, I'm just going to talk about something that happened recently because the truth, um, So recently I'm a waitress and, um, I sometimes will sniff like mixed drinks because I want to see what they taste like. Like, like if I sniff it, I can get like a sense of if it's creamy or whatever. And I recently, they had a, a, wine pour and usually I don't pay attention. I'm like whatever running around, but I sniffed in the glass. And the second I sniffed in the glass, something like some loud voice was like, what are you doing? Don't do that. That's wrong. What are you doing? And it was scary. Um, and I called my sponsor and he was like, why are you doing that? And I was like, well, I'm, well, I noticed that it was, he's like, no, why are you doing that? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I, am a waitress. I need to smell so I can sell. And, and I had to call his um, girlfriend and she was like, she's like, you, why did you smell it? I'm like, well, to see if it's good. She's like, why do you need to see if it's good? And what I realized that I was doing at work. Was that I can be a member at my uh, Alcoholics Anonymous member at work at, at my home group. I can do it at my family's house. But that when I was at work, I was still had reservations of drinking. I was still not being, I was still not surrendering and I was still making like alcoholic jokes. And, um, and that I was still vicariously, you know, living through alcohol at my job, you know, and, um, and it was extremely humbling because like with my little bit of time, I want to think that I'm done. I want to think that I have it down. I want to think that I'm acting perfect. And it's just like, it always comes up, you know, and, um, and it humbled me. I was like, you know, it's just, I don't like, I don't know how to be sober. Um, And so that's what I've been, you know, working on today is like actually practicing these things and like these principles in all my affairs, you know, and I think the last thing I'll talk about is just sponsoring. You know, I thought that sponsoring, um, was going to be easy. I thought that I was going to be awarded the perfect sponsee and, um, and that's just, that's not been my experience. You know, what I've learned through sponsoring is, you know, um, is you don't have to wait until you're ready. You know, the main thing is just to be of service and i remember this one girl asked me if i wanted to sponsor her she um she asked me if i could sponsor her and i was like i'm sorry i can't right now i'm you know not where i want to be on the steps and my sponsor told me I should start sponsoring and a month later the same girl was asking for a sponsor at the same meeting and I was like oh my gosh and I was like yes I will absolutely sponsor you and she didn't stay sober but that's when I realized that sponsoring it's not about me you know it's about it's about getting to the newcomer w- when no one else will and and my sponsor tells me to don't put a number on the sponsors you have it only matters about who's in front of you. Like, um, and I never put a, 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 cap on how many drugs or alcohol I did, you know? Um, so today I sponsor as many women as possible. And a lot of them don't stay sober, you know, but, and I'm not the best sponsor, but the more I grow and I have these experiences and I walk them through their steps, the more I'm learning how to be a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Like I have no idea how to do this thing. I, I fail with, obviously at work. I fail in AA. I fail all the time. Like, And I'm just happy that I don't have to, like, have it all together to stay here, you know? Um, So um, I think the last thing I'm going to say Yeah, oh, you're fine. Um, I think that, like, just maybe the last thing I'm going to say is... um, Um, through over zoom through COVID, like I got to have a really cool experience. I got to get some sponsors, the one that was in Atlanta and one that was in San Bernardino actually watched them through their fifth step, you know, and, um, and you know, Right when COVID hit, um, my sponsor was like, start a meeting immediately and get into action. And none of that made sense to me. I was like, why would I start a meeting? I don't know how to, like, I don't know how to do Zoom. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. But it single-handedly kept me sober and gave me an incredible experience through COVID. I didn't, you know, our home group started park meetings. Um, So we were doing park meetings. And, um, you know, it absolutely saved me. I think I'm running out of things to say. I think that I think that's really all I have to say.